I say today, for a change of pace, we podcast. <laughs> Uh, That's a fun way to say it, right? Let's do it. That was really good. It was it was sensitive. Thanks. Okay, what do you have Thank for you. me? Do you have anything for me? I do. Pete, last week I shared my anxiety about virtual reality. Do you remember that? I do. We went through all that stuff? Yeah. And how it could be used in our future. And the week before, our listener submission was about anxiety about being able to trust what your therapist says and thinks about you. Right? I can already tell this is going to be a doozy of an episode. Well, this week, I want to smash those two ideas together in the cold open. Do you want to hear how? Yeah, I do. This actually goes back to 2015, but, you know, what's time? Spanish University professor Sofia Adelaide Osimo and three other colleagues released a paper they wrote on VR psychology experiments that they led. Here's how the VR app worked. And it actually went on to win a Spanish app award. I think they're called the Spanies. Um <laughs> That year for best app. Here's how it works. You sit in a chair. This is all virtual. You sit in a chair facing Dr. Sigmund Freud, that old creep. Upon entering the virtual environment, you do not float in empty space as one often does in VR. Rather, you notice you have a full virtual body that looks like you. They're able to design it so it looks like what you're wearing. Um, and it responds to your movements. This may lead you to identify the virtual body as your own, an almost magical phenomenon referred to as virtual embodiment. So all of that is just a bunch of words to say you kind of feel like you're you okay. instead of like you're a zombie or you're fighting things. It's as much as you're you in this room as possible. Okay. You sit down across from Dr. Freud and you share your anxieties and your struggles. He asks you, do you have a problem? Yes. You want your problem? <laughs> Please. As Sigmund Freud constantly did. Like, what's up this time? <laughs> what you want and now? You yeah. You share your anxieties and then the screen fades out. And then the lights come back on and you're in the exact same virtual world, but now you're on the other side of the room. You are Sigmund Freud and your patient is you, an avatar that still looks like you and sits just where you were just sitting a couple minutes ago. You watch yourself start talking as a recording of what you just shared plays. Quoting from a Medium article about this by Joaquin Vindenez, you get to view your statement in a new way a 3D model of yourself saying it while you were virtually embodied elsewhere. You get to view yourself from the outside. Instead of the taking the role as yourself, you take the role as your own psychologist in virtual reality. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it sounds very much like what might be the sequel to your favorite movie, Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> Pretty much where <laughs> nothing nothing makes sense and everyone's heads are shaking too much. But the idea is it's called in therapy, this is called subjectivity, objectivity, inversion. Mm -hmm. And apparently it really works because you're able to see yourself outside of yourself. You're able to see yourself and listen to yourself as others would hear you instead of all of the voices screaming in your head all the time. You knew the answer all along. You knew you the answer was always inside of you. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Professor Osimo said, quote, this form of embodied perspective taking can lead to sufficient detachment from habitual ways of thinking about personal problems so as to improve the outcome and demonstrates the power of virtual body ownership to affect cognitive changes. I don't like that last sentence, but the first part makes a lot of sense. Being able to, it's like that, what is that phrase? If only you could see yourself as I see you. <laughs> if only, only you, you could see what I've seen through your eyes. That's Blade Runner. Oh, no. What I'm saying is everything disappears <laughs> like rain. No, like the idea of how you're always so mean to yourself and yeah. you're always mean to yourself and you can't listen to yourself. This yeah. is a way of doing it. And apparently it might work. And I've never... It was 2015. I haven't seen it show up anywhere. Well, maybe it was maybe it was because you only find it in malls in those like pop up stores, which actually closed oh, no. down after last year. It's just a bunch of therapy I, things. I feel like I'd be afraid yeah. that when I was Sigmund Freud, I'd be like, that guy looks junky. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I would just still crap on myself. The call is coming from inside the house, Tom. It always has been. <laughs> Welcome back to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. And every week, 
We each drag one of our deepest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. But who cares about all of our anxieties when you have all of your shivers to share? Why don't you reach out and share it with us? Go to whatsthatsmell.net. There's a great big button that says something like donate your anxieties. It's a weird way to say it. But either way, uh, if you send us whatever you want us to talk about, we will research it and talk about it, and you will realize you are not alone as we realize. Pete? Good luck with us not being alone this week. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Because with all that, I'll go first. Peter Rita, this is the eighth episode of our seventh season. Mm-hmm. And that means we've recorded what, like 900 episodes so, so far? Many, so many, <laughs> so many episodes. episodes. So many episodes. To honor that, with your and the court's permission, I would like to try to do something a little different for this episode. Trust me, it is not a trap. This is not a dream. It is not a visually exercise. This is nothing like that. Um, I would like to bring up a past memory of mine that is very personal just to me in the hopes that others might relate to it in their own terms. Uh, I would like to recall a painful memory in an attempt to exorcise it after all these years. And that doesn't mean dumbbells. Uh, it means Linda Blair. Okay. So this was years. Ugh, I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this, You're doing great, Tom. Thank you. This yeah. was years and years and years ago. Uh, and I was at a wedding in Mexico. And actually, it was the day before the wedding was planned to happen. And we were all like the entire wedding party and all the friends and the family were all out on a hike together. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I just do a quick callback? Because four episodes you told us yet about yet another wedding you went to where you just walked and you tried to convince me (laughs) that your New England walkabout was not a standard wedding thing. And yet here, nay, four episodes later, we're now in Mexico at a wedding and we're walking. You must atone, I, sir. I like to call them hikes. I'm actually just trying to find the wedding. <laughs> I never was invited. So it's just me wandering around the countryside yes. being like, I brought a gift. Exactly. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Does that check Perfect. out? Perfect. Okay. That's better. Yeah, thank you. So we were all on a Mexican hike. And it was a mix of some of my absolute oldest friends, some that I've had and still have since the fourth grade. And I might be conflating this with another wedding, to be honest, because apparently all I do is go to weddings and walk around. around. Like you just put, yeah. There was a worry about flooding or something. The idea is that the wedding was planned for the next day, but it was in jeopardy. Like the Mm -hmm. place that we were going to have it or the venue or something, something was a problem. And the bride-to-be and the groom-to-be were in negotiations with the venue. There was a lot of mental scrambling around while we were all on this hike. Anyway, so like there's two dozen people and we're all at a, like a resting space with benches. <laughs> Can't be what it's called. Like <laughs> what? Like a rest? Like a resting area? A, re- What's a that rest called? stop? <laughs> a rest? I, I guess a walking rest stop. I yeah. think you could just call it a bench. We all stop be- at a bench. <laughs> just I a think bunch it's of okay. Benches. <laughs> but everyone's just sort of all seated around, and we're all chilling. And I remember there was some sort of um, lookout perch, like you would walk up a, a, a dozen stairs, and you could get a view because we were on top of the whole mountain. That becomes important later. Anyways, we were all there, and the bride to be showed up surprisingly explained uh that they'd been working on this potential problem and happily announced to everyone that they were going to get married that day instead oh. we were moving the entire wedding up it was very and she well, was very excited walking? about it what about, i mean that interrupts <laughs> a lot of walking when you flip a change they had in schedule like that treadmills for all the groomsmen <laughs> so i could just keep my pace up um, and, the, and the bride and groom walked down the aisle and just keep walking i get it they just are walking Two yeah, they never got married. Side side. They were just all, <laughs> yeah, they're just, they just kept upping yeah. the, the ramp. Yeah. Yes. So she says, we're getting married today. And everyone cheered. <sighs> and for some reason that I will never understand, I thought I joined in. I think it was legitimate. Well, no, we'll get to that in a second. I, I just I need to tell you what my joke. experience is right now. Oh. Like everyone cheered and then you sighed and I felt panic well up inside me. Like <laughs> right, you I know caught a breath. Slightly Something coming. awful yeah. is about to happen. It was awful for me. Everyone cheered. It was a moment that everyone was together. And for some reason, I will never understand. I thought I'd join in to make a joke. And I yelled, and I'm going to get married too. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Yeah, you're covering your face. Oh my like, God. <laughs> I don't know what I thought what? the joke was, what? but it was very loud. And it was right when everyone was focused because I was sort of standing <sighs> next to her. And it was 
dead silence. They thought you were going to, oh my God. I, I don't, they just, I don't know. And so I whispered to myself, I remember this, I went, damn it. <laughs> to myself, because I knew I just blew it in front of everyone and potentially messed up what could be like a normal, meaningful memory. What, what did you do? Everyone just stared at me like I pooped in the wedding cake, which I did, but that's a different story. And I heard one of my closest friends in the world from they were all at a table mutter, oof, whiskey. <laughs> oof, risky. I'm not going to name this person, but he also coined the phrase crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy, crazy. crazy. The only so thing it's I the exact same right person. Now. He said, oof, risky. And another one of my closest friends in the entire world, I heard him quietly say, it doesn't always have to be about you. Ow. Oh, no. And I died inside. I kept up because as you sort of do, I was smiling and I just sort of walked and I walked up those stairs to the viewing area because I just needed to be alone. And I didn't know the words for it then but I think I inherently knew that I was forming like a core memory. Like I had just given myself a psychic scar that I'd scarred my brain with something that I would never be able to forget because it was so mortifying. It hit me right in the need for people to like me and being called out for it. I took an ill thought out risk and it blew up in my face in front of loved ones and strangers alike. Pete, this week. this go. You can't let this go. You have got this something. This may be the worst story you've ever told about yourself. <laughs> I love you so much. But what you just described is a wedding between Megan Fox and some other handsome person, and you, yeah. played by Jake Johnson. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not always about you. It's, it's not always about you. you I, to, oh my God, Tom. I'm the graduate. Yeah. Uh, um, Pete, this week I bring to you nemophobia. The irrational and excessive fear of memories. Oh, my God. That was a hell yeah. of a lead up for this one. Tom. <laughs> Thank you. People suffering nemophobia may fear having memories in general, or they specifically fear certain bad memories. Uh, it must be said, just as a side note, uh, nemophobia can also fear losing their memories, like with Alzheimer's disease. But we're not dealing with that right now. Now. I'm going to turn it over to you in a second, but a few disclaimers before we go forward. Rest assured, know that I know that I've done way worse things than this wedding incident in my life that I regret and I'm horribly embarrassed by. Like that time I got caught lying to my parents about grades in college, but I wanted to be, I wanted to focus in on this one because rationally it is so fleeting and unmemorable to everyone but me. Yeah, I can't imagine. And some of the people that were there listened to our podcast and they probably would be like, oh, huh? <laughs> right. I barely remember that. And yet the scar it left is so weirdly deep. And I think about it like once a week. I cannot get away from it. And secondly, I've brought it up to my wonderful therapist, Bonnie, more than once. And she has asked me more than once, can you forgive yourself? And the answer, Pete, is apparently no. Not. <laughs> No, absolutely. We're going to do not. a tight 20 on it right now. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Parole denied. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's nemophobia, but it's also the idea. I don't I don't know if it's an official term, but I call them psychic scars. Just those things mm -hmm. that you cannot get away from. Yeah. They show up a lot in the middle of the night. They show up when I'm very vulnerable, like if I feel like I'm being attacked by anxiety in a bunch of different sides all at once, that's yeah. when I'm at my most vulnerable or fragile. And then that'll show up. And I'm like, I legitimately have things to worry about. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to worry about this decade old marriage thing that no one remembers but me, but it's just there. But I'm going to make an ask an assumptive question to you Please. right now. How many times has this memory woken you up in the middle of the night? I don't know if I'd go that far that it's woke it. Well, I guess I can't tell because I'm just thinking about it in the yeah. middle of the night. So maybe right. it did wake me up and I yeah. don't remember the wake up. It's I, not like I'm I'm there at the aforementioned resting bench place. Um, and I'm like, ah! like, it's not like I'm waking up from a nightmare, but it yeah. just sneaks in and I just feel shame. And then it and then it starts uh, doing that cool synaptic connecting to other things all the times that I've been like when I was bullied growing up about from showing off you're such a show off and you're such a this and then it connects to everything that everyone has ever told me about 
being too loud, being too showy, wanting too much attention, wanting people to like me too much. I and mean, suddenly it's like, ah, oh, crap, I'm still doing this. This right. is still a part of me that I haven't gotten yes. out from under. Will this, this always be? I, no, I, you, I yeah. mean, this just hit such a slam dunk for me. I absolutely have this. And I asked the question about waking up because for me, yeah. those particular memories are the memories that wake me up in the middle of the night that I will continue to dream about them when I'm under periods of stress and they will wake Oof. me right up and I'll feel like I just lived them again and again yeah. and again. It's horrifying. And I never really put, I, I guess I never really attempted to describe what that anxiety was, but nemophobia really hits it, right? It's that that is a persistent terror of having to relive this uncomfortable experience in my dreams. And right. I Your guess brain I, becomes a, a minefield. Yeah, it really does. And that and, sucks. Yeah. And I guess I, I feel like I understand what Bonnie, hi, Bonnie, is saying, but uh, I. Uh, boy, every, any therapist listening is going to say like, Pete, stop being an idiot. But my my <laughs> thing would be like, how could I possibly forgive myself for the magnitude of idiocy in that moment that it's going to cause right. me to like, how could I possibly forgive myself? Well, yeah. apparently you I, just do. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I have I did do some research, but we I still want to just marinate in the yeah. sadness that is this oh. for a second. I mean, I took and it also. I speak very fast. And I sometimes make jokes very fast. That's and true. a lot of times that works to my advantage. Mm -hmm. I'm known, I can be known as a very quick person. Yeah. And there's an enormous negative part of that. Of what? Because it was a big oh, swing. When the brakes go out. <laughs> when yeah. When the brakes go out, there's no runaway truck ramp for my yeah. stupid mouth. And yeah, just, I'm getting married too. I can <laughs> see a world where people would also be like, ha ha, yay, what an idiot, but we're all in this together. And then let's all do a high five. But yeah. instead, there's not enough lead in the world for that balloon. <laughs> and there I just. Is, yeah. Yeah. There it are two was things a, it was going on. Like for me, yeah. I, the, the other thing going on for that for me is that it's something we've talked about before, which is the, um, uh, you know, ADHD over talking, that kind of part of me that I live with where I feel like you just said it, like there's no runaway truck ramp for my stupid mouth. Like when it just won't stop and I can't figure it out and everything to me is funny right until the second after I say it. Right. And <laughs> like so you see that's the potential the, in yeah. everything. Oh, there's so, but yeah. it's like all opportunity for comedy. Like it's all <laughs> there and I can just chew on every word. And then I say it and realize should have workshopped yeah. that a little bit more. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's the first one is like living in that moment and where the terror is, um, is real resonant and present. And then the second part is reliving it and not being able to let it go, which right. drives, I think for me, the fear of reproducing it again unconsciously, right? Like oh, I might be like, I keep reliving like keeping this. it at the front of yeah. your head. Yeah. And, and so it might happen again. Jeez. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you got like, why sure. would you ever go to a wedding again? Because you are a <laughs> risk to yourself and to important environment, important events. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and I've, officiated four of my friends' <laughs> weddings. I didn't officiate this one. I was supposed to officiate it. They were like, you're fired. No. I am now pronounced you husband and wife. I'm and getting I'm married, married too. <laughs> I throw the Bible into the cake. I was like, why did I think I that would be a good punchline? even uh, read the room, man. <laughs> I could not. That was the problem. We were at yeah. a resting bench place. It was too hard to read the room. A resting yeah. bench place. Um, one thing that I did find out, and maybe this is so clear to everyone, but I didn't exactly know this. Why are bad memories so much more vivid? Mm -hmm. The amount of good memories over bad memories that I have is so outweighed towards the good, but those are all kind of fuzzy. It may occur, said this one website, to negativity bias, hmm. which refers our brain which refers to our brain giving more importance to negative experiences. It might be from evolution, again, lizard ape time, mm -hmm. uh, as it may have been beneficial for helping our ancestors remain cautious when in dangerous areas. I am, you know what I'm kind of done with? Hmm. 
caveman times. (laughs) I'm told so much that so much of my unhappiness is because back in the cave times, we needed to see more green because of tigers. And you're like, that's why I have diarrhea. (laughs) Shut up. Get over it. I have a cell phone. Why is part of my... Part of my brain still like, you got to climb a tree at all times. And it's like, I don't have to climb a tree. I have a Mazda. Amber alert. Yes. Why is there, there's nothing hiding in it's my apartment. And yet there's this one part of me that's like, hey, that might be a leopard. And I'm like, it's a toaster. Let's let's level up, everybody. I'm done with ancestors and cave people. Um, but that might be part of the reason is that it's remembering the bad. And then if you take that, then that's a working, I guess, to force it like as a warning, think before you speak. Yeah. Right. Or like you said, don't 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 go to weddings, don't leave your apartment. Watch out for <laughs> curves. Also a part of it. Watch out for curves. Oh God, I'm so afraid of everything. Yeah. Um but you know what's interesting? I, I just started Please. typing in uh, nemophobia because I'm so curious about it. And I needed to see it written. I guess I didn't believe you. And the other thing that comes up is the opposite of nemophobia. Do we? I think we've mentioned it on the on the show. Athazagoraphobia. Does that ring a bell? Over the last fifteen uh, years, that, we've been doing this. Athazagoraphobia. I don't know. That does sound maybe. Is that familiar. a Tom Lehrer song that... you were just singing? Is that? Yeah. Did we miss one? <laughs> Um, no, is it is the, the intense or irrational fear of being forgotten. Oh, don't let's not talk about that anymore because I that's mine for next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it weird to like immediately trademark? Yeah, an anxiety. Like a, it's, did you just did call you say it's dibs? <laughs> yeah, did you just say tomophobia? <laughs> Because my fear of abandonment is yeah. right next to my fear of being forgotten. Yes. Yeah. And I the reason I bring it up, and I'll I'll allow Please. this as a segue for you to talk about tomophobia next sure, week if you'd really kidding. like yeah. to, uh, which is that it is those moments that drive you to take those big swings at weddings. Uh, right? I I think. Like that's your showmanship. I'm, because I'm if putting that a had flag, worked, I'm planting a flag. Yeah. If that had worked, it would have made you legendary from that wedding, right? Right, right. It didn't play. That's interesting. It didn't play, but, but I it have, was a swing. I have been a I, part of bits with you that are legendary over the years we've known each other, and they were sure. equally big swings. And Not on this podcast. And certainly not fair. here. No. <laughs> sometimes, funny podcast. <laughs> If uh, only people could see like the totality of our lives together over the years, they would see the you, funny parts. You'd be impressed. This is just a <laughs> just long as... decline, the sunset yeah. of our relationship yeah. right now. It's what you're witnessing. Right. Fascinating. Um, no, I completely agree. That's a really good point. I because in my if I'm being kind to myself, which is not my strong point, I think it would be <laughs> I felt so much joy mm-hmm. for them that I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And it came out in a way that was incredibly self-serving, but it wasn't supposed to be. It was kind of like, it was, there was so much turmoil about the wedding. And then it was like, we're just going to do it. And for a bride, I don't want to stereotype brides, but for a bride to be so visibly happy of, screw it, we're just going to do it today. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, there's so much tension and everything. And there was such a joyful response from everybody. I think part of me selfishly wanted some of that, but I also really wanted to be a part of it. And my way of doing that was trying something out without, it was that quick. It's yeah. not like I was like, hmm, should I say this? Yeah, I think I'm reading. It was like, I don't remember a thought process. As I said, when I was telling the story, for reasons I will never understand. Right. I just thought, this is the exact thing to say at this moment. <laughs> yeah, so shiver. I did. Totally. Yeah, shiver. I did find there's a lot of stuff talking about it with people. I have brought it up to some of the people, the crazy, 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 and the other friend. Mm-hmm. They assured me this is not something I should be thinking they about don't remember anymore. It, right. They do not remember it really. Um, but then another thing that I really liked that, again, seems incredibly obvious, but it didn't occur to me. There was a study in 2021, just last year, that Megan E. Spear and colleagues printed, and it's called, this is a catchy title, this will be, be a real earworm for you, <laughs> Finding Positive Meaning in Memories of Negative Events Adaptively 
updates memory. What? Banger. What it <laughs> what it means. Yeah, that's so is that by Lizzo? <laughs> what they're saying is they found that attaching a positive meaning to a past negative experience can have long-lasting impact. In other words, by associating a positive experience with the memory included with the negative, you can change the context of that event and induce a positive feeling. I like that idea because guess what else happened at that wedding? Mm. So many funny memories. So oh. many great memories. Memories that I was really a part of. Memories that I caused. Memories that I was just in the group for. All of those things. I'm going to try, because of the research that I did like this, Every time I think of the I'm going to get married to, I'm going to think about the knife story. <laughs> Are you going to tell us the knife story? Is that going to be? I'm going to tell you the knife story. Okay, I'm good. I really want quick. this. Sounds like one I need to know. This was a, I don't remember exactly where we were in Mexico, but you would take uh, golf carts around. And we took it to the other side of the, let's say, island. And that's where all the locals live. And there was this one bar that was still open. And it was... A little sketchy. <laughs> like we were, we were clearly the only people like us there. And there were very, there was some rough clientele. They didn't seem to like that we were there, but they were happy to take our money. We were just outside drinking beer. And then at one point, someone went into the restroom and saw that in the wall next to the mirror of the restroom, there was a knife just stuck in the wall, <laughs> like a big, sharp, <laughs> crazy knife just stuck sure. in the wall. And everyone thought that was funny and weird. Anyways, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. And I came up with a plan. And I was actually, I was in charge of the, maybe the riskiest part. We took the knife. The knife clearly didn't belong to anyone. We took the knife and we hit it. And then crazy, crazy, crazy. I guess I might as well say his name's Scott Lamb, friend of the show. He hit it in one of the girls' rooms. <laughs> in their bathroom in the what? hotel. So we all came home from this crazy, scary bar where there was a knife at the wall and they walked into their room and there was a knife waiting for them in their bathroom. And they legit freaked out and like ran out. And that's a great, that's a great thing. How much fun is that? That's fun. Hiding knives. If you're across in the wedding party and you get to meet, you know, I guess, the police. I hear Mexican <laughs> prisons are awesome this time of year. I don't know. That's that was uh, a beer decision. But either way, I, <laughs> if I think of the wedding, I'm getting married too. If I think of the knife story, which is a story we still tell to this day. Yeah. Guess what story we don't tell? Yeah, right. The one that I think about right. every week. So yeah. I'm going to try to pair that up and think about every time. I'm really going to try to do this. Whenever I think of one of my psychic scars, I'm going to find and remember something very adjacent to it that was super positive. And maybe if I can pair those up, I won't need to talk to myself as cosplaying as Freud <laughs> as much. Freud. You yeah. won't need Bonnie to do some dress-up sessions yeah. for you. <laughs> she, she looks terrible in a beard. Let me tell I'm you, I wish more than anything after this conversation that I were getting married again. If I ever renew my vows, you're going to be there. <laughs> and and actually, to the community, what's at smell.net, if you'd like Tommy to make an appearance at your wedding, yeah. uh, fees are negotiable. Travel must yep. be included. <laughs> and I have to be mic'd. <laughs> the entire time. Every thought is going to be loud. Absolutely. <laughs> Laos. It might sound a bit archaic now, antique. To call someone such a thing. A Laos, according to Oxford, is a derogatory term for a contemptible or unpleasant person. Did your drunk uncle borrow money and blow it all on the ponies, never to pay you back? He did, eh? What a Laos. A Laos, of course, is also a bug. A small, wingless parasite that lives on the skin of mammals and birds. And, as a parasite, it lives thanks to the nutrients it takes from that host mammal or bird. Or fish. Because there's one louse that is both parasitic and incredibly rude. It's Cymothoa exiguia, 
This particular louse enters fish through the gills. The male of the species attaches to the gill arches behind the female. The female? Oh, they attach to the tongue, where they sever the blood vessels of the tongue, causing it to wither up and fall out. The louse then attaches itself to the tongue stub that remains and becomes the fish's new tongue, taking in the nutrients that enter through the fish's mouth. I want to be able to tell you that the fish eventually die, that the louse steals from it, robbing it of its vitality until it withers and dies like the tongue that came before it. But I can't. Weirdly, the fish are pretty much okay. Not underweight, still very swimming, as the scientists probably say. It just goes about its fishy business with a new relationship with its tongue. Such is the role of the tongue-eating louse, Cymothoa. Exigua. But that's not you, right? Sure, you could listen to the show for free like a real podcast-eating louse, but you want to do more, be more. So you've decided to become a Season 7 Pen Pal. For just $35, you're supporting independent podcasting. We don't track you. We don't collect information we need other than that which we need to send you member stuff. No advertising, plus... Members get to join us for our live stream recording sessions in our Discord member community. They get early access to each episode in your own personal podcast feed that also includes our entire trailer archive and complete member-only episodes that the public don't get to hear. Plus, our collection of new Season 7 stickers. Visit whatsthatsmell.net to learn more, and thank you for your support. Hi, Tom. Hi, Pete. Um, I, this is, we've, we've <laughs> already, we've already hashed this territory out before. We've already been down this particular road, but it's time for just a, uh, an upgrade uh, to this conversation. Oh, and I need okay. to play, I need to start by playing you a bit of an interview from a podcast. Okay, so I'm going to okay. start kind of in the middle of the podcast, and I want you to see, like, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you who it is. I think you'll be able to <laughs> you'll recognize who it is um, okay. and, and listen to it, and then we'll talk about what they're talking about, okay? Are you ready? Interesting. Ready. All right. Do you feel like you're glorifying technology too much, that you have a responsibility to promote the idea of being more in nature than having to go ahead and put implants in your face or whatever? Because there's some crazy fucker out there who's going to do it. I think that we're right on the edge. Technology is a double-edged sword. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that it's double-edged. Take the Human Genome Project, for instance. That was a huge double-edged sword. The medical payoff is going to be huge. But it's also going to be used by maybe some crazy paramilitary group that wants to create the super soldier of the future. I think we're on the good side of the line on that, not the bad side of the line. We have done a lot of things that people didn't think were good. And one of the things we've done is make it possible for most people in the industrialized world to own a computer. In 1985, it was hardly anyone. That makes us part of the problem. But it also makes us part of the solution because we can do a lot to help educate people about what's good. When I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, there was no way you could learn about computers. Computers were these big, crazy, expensive things. And today, kids are growing up in the world where there is a computer in every home. And that's a big change. And it isn't necessarily good or bad, just different. And what we want to do is help people make the most of whatever future comes. We always ask ourselves, what is the most insanely great thing we could do. And if we can't think of that, then we do something less. If we do this, we have to do it right because both the positive and negative aspects of our products get magnified as they get more powerful. It will be interesting to see what happens when you have computers that are as smart as people, but much more reliable. They won't get tired. They won't get sick. They won't go on vacation and leave work unfinished. You tell them to do something, they'll just do it. And they will have many more orders of intelligence than people have. The computer will be a thousand times more important than it is today. We're right on the edge of that. So what do we want to do about it? Do we want to just ride the wave or do something else. It kind of scares me, to be honest. It should scare you. But it is also really cool. That's the best way I can describe it. It's really, really cool. That's the good news and the bad news. It's both. Yeah. That's how most of life is, though. If it was just awesome, it wouldn't be balanced by something else. All right. I do not know who that was. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. Oh, I thought, okay. I was, I thought it was either, I thought it was J.K. Rowling, but I get it. Um <laughs> Yes. Okay. So yes, have we you, have, have tried you heard, this. Have you heard that before? No, not at all. You haven't heard that clip? Okay. No. And I got scared when he said putting things in people's faces. Yeah. Um, well, that's a yeah, that's Joe Rogan, right? That's He's, Joe Rogan. He, okay. He kind of I says don't think stuff. I've ever he actually listened like to Joe Rogan. I yeah. don't think I knew I mean, what he. No, one does not like. listen to Joe Rogan. They just absorb him. <laughs> just as part of my identity. 
Yeah. Um, so you get the idea. I mean, like, the technology is awesome. We're on the verge of greatness. And right. I mean, did you get anything else out of that clip as you're listening to it? I, I watched you listen to it. You were listening very closely. I was. Well, no, when he was, <laughs> of course, because I'm me, when he was like, you know, at some point we might uh, make a horrible super soldier that never goes on <laughs> vacation and never stops eating your throat. And I'm like, yep, that's where I'm yeah. that's what I'm always afraid of that side of it. Because yes. I just right. don't, you can't trust everyone all the time. You can trust the majority of people. But again, if one person makes a super soldier that never goes on vacation and never stops yeah. eating people, that's it. So, yes, so, I get scared about that stuff, that we we move so fast. I, re I regret just a little bit that you said we cannot trust anyone because I now have everyone, to. Everyone, I said. Everyone. We cannot trust everyone. Right. Right. Because I now have to to pull back the curtain and tell you that I have been tricking you. What? Yeah. Joe Rogan never interviewed Steve Jobs. <gasps> no, is it a deep fake? Yeah. This week, uh, a company by the name of uh, Play.ht released the first episode of their new podcast, Podcast.ai, which is two completely fake people using their synthesized voices, talking to one another. No! And Why? We talked about deepfakes before. Remember, I we played that one clip where the scientist that was coming up with it in real time is like, uh -huh. oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, why? That's why What's I'm bringing this back. What's the point of that? Well, that, I think, Tom, we should leave that hanging because I think okay. that is the point of our conversation. <laughs> What's the point of this? Why would we? Is someone, oh, wait, God. Do you, as far as you know, did someone write out what they say? So that's not clips of things that they've said to other people. Right. That's right. completely uh, uh, automatically now, engineered. Well, you asked that question. And so I what I played you is the end, near the end of the podcast. And you have to admit, that sounds pretty cogent. Like, that fooled you. Not once did I question the legitimacy of that. Yeah. So I uh, normally I don't want to play uh, uh, so many things that were from another show but i want to play now the beginning of it for you because the beginning it's a little rough so oh, you can by. sort of tell okay that's funny hello freak bitches welcome to another episode of the bro jogan experience <laughs> and on this episode i welcome my friend who's difficult to describe i'm fascinated by him and i hope you'll be too and he is weird and brilliant and sometimes totally insufferable but my guest today has made some of the great technological products of our age and he's always pushing the envelope in innovation like for example with his next computer he developed a new programming language and operating system and then he became even more famous for making three applications for that computer uh word processor a spreadsheet and an image editor that just showed me that this dude was brilliant had amazing taste and i would just hope that i could be even like like one tenth of the genius that my friend today is. And I can't even say his name. So, yeah. So, super psyched about having him in the house today. First time, or yeah, we've had you on before, but not for a long time. You're like Patrick Swayze and um, Demi Moore and Ghost. You're a memory from the past. <laughs> so, without further ado, my friend who is difficult to describe and wonderful, and I'm so grateful he came on the show. How's it going? Good to see you, buddy. It's been a long time since I've been on the show. I've missed this. It's always fun. <laughs> How's it going? Come on, tell me about jobs. <laughs> It's always good to see you, buddy. I'm so happy you came on, man. Yeah, it's great to be on the show. Your audience is just so different from your normal Apple users, and that's a good thing. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's much more of a shallow fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I said that was so you take that and then you scrub forward just like 14 minutes. Yeah. And you have a question and answer that are completely legit. Like, right. I can see the wandering mind of Steve Jobs. Now, he was, so they took their AI and they trained the AI by feeding it thousands of hours of Joe Rogan interviews, right? His podcast. And so they have the cadence and the banter of his introductions and, and the way he speaks and the way he asks questions. And then yeah. they took the text of Walter Isaacson's book, uh, Jobs, right? His, the book oh. that he 
he wrote, and they fed that to the AI. And then they found all of the, like any YouTube videos of Steve Jobs, him talking during uh, keynote presentations, and they fed that to the AI. And they came out with these identities, these personalities. Uh, The company uh, Play.ht, they're based in Dubai, and this is what they do. They create voices, and this is their gimmick. Right. This podcast is them demonstrating their ability to create custom um, characters for you. For wow. Yeah. Well, because that didn't. Except for like the laughter and some of the. Oh, it gets so much worse. Too. And Patrick yeah. Sways. Yeah. And stuff like that. That didn't sound fake. It sounded poorly or over edited. Yeah. All the air. Right. All the air is gone. And so yes. in between sentences, it sounds like someone just took out any pauses. Yeah. But and they took out that, all room noise, right? Like there's right. no general hiss or whiteness right. underneath it. Yeah. I hate that so much. <laughs> I don't understand. I talked about talking. Yeah, we were talking to our dead relatives. I don't think I, I'm having trouble thinking what is the good that is going to come out of that. Granted, I am. We are so awash, or at least I feel we are so awash in misinformation and disinformation that. Yeah. And Roger Stone just recently saying that a video of him talking on the phone was all fake. People believe that just because you can say fake. And this is going to we're not going to be able to trust our ears or eyes. And it's just going to be a get out of jail free card, literally, for people. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, you know, so there are so many we've talked about, uh, you know, the the um, video or the uh, image, yep. you know, like uh, Dolly and all that. And now Meta, uh, Facebook parent company Meta has uh, make a video AI that they've added to the mix. And now they can create uh, by text description. You can write a text description and they can create videos now, not oh, audio, not just images, but video. So do you want um, a bear teaching school children? You can have a bear at the head of a class teaching math. Do you want a dog but it's licking a video, an ice cream not just cone? A picture? It's a video, not just and a picture. How about two people walking in the rain under an umbrella? Well, as you can imagine, the image is two people under an umbrella, but the umbrella has no post. It's just floating above their heads, and the Oops. people are connected at the shoulders. They both have only one arm on the outside. They've been, like, <laughs> munged together, and they're walking down a rainy street. So, well, that's it, good. you know, that gives me they're heart. working on it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're working on it. But the problem is it's getting really good. And the reason yeah. I want to talk about it today is because I want to make sure that you agree that this podcast is not going to be reproduced by this dumb company in Dubai and <sighs> our job. They're coming for our jobs, man. We've already talked about your job is over. Like making movies by AI is done, right? Luke Skywalker, young Luke Skywalker ended yep. your career. Now yep. they're coming for podcasting. And I said nothing about it when it was Luke Skywalker. And now they're coming for me and there's no one left to speak, right? I know I'm butchering. That probably means something somewhere else completely different. Um, And so it is crazy. So one more one more thing, the company Play HT, they uh, are a text to voice generation tool, you can pay right now, you could pay $14.25 per month to get up to 240,000 generated words using their standard voices. For $30 a month, you can use their realistic voices. And for $75 a month, you get ultra realistic voices. And the samples are unreal. All the things you said about, you know, the air being sucked out of the room, right? And the cutting the breath, those are back in the ultra realistic voices. And you've got British people and they're talking about Elon Musk and how awesome he is. And he's really, like, you can hear all of the sounds of the mouth in these ultra realistic voices. It's creepy. It is so creepy. 132 languages, 832 voices. And if you need it, call for a quote on custom voice cloning. Uh, yeah. So that's why their podcast, uh, they're talking about, uh, they're taking pitches for what episodes you want to hear next. But it's a fake person talking to a fake person. Why would like, you want to hear that? Because don't because, you want to hear Buddha like, and Einstein interviewing one another? Or uh, that that's trending right now. Or oh, Trump interviewing himself. That's trending. Elon Musk oh, okay. interviewing Nikola Tesla. Joe Rogan mediating peace between the U.S. and Russia. And... Trending also because, I guess, humanity, Jesus interviewing God. 
Well, oh, shoot. There is some interest in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. I didn't think about it historically. Like, people that cannot speak being Steve able to Steve Jobs. Speak. I mean, this came out this week, and Steve Jobs died years ago. Oh, I didn't even c- consider that. <laughs> Wait, I listened to that entire interview. <laughs> oh, I didn't That's know That's what Steve I Jobs was hoping. Yeah, right. I didn't know it was Steve Jobs and that you would have thought it was an artifact of history. That's what I, I think I, I must have. That he was just what said the trick should His new computer coming out yeah. this week. There was no real dates. Okay, good. Right. So I feel better about myself. I didn't think about the historical thing, but... <sighs> here's a here's an interesting one. So we've talked about <laughs> re-speecher. Wait, this, is, this company's in Dubai? This company's in Dubai, right. Can I make a joke? Please. More, more, more like don't buy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. The that co- wasn't the me. Other that was company, AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other company uh, that we have talked about before, Respeecher, is the company that is behind taking uh, existing voice samples and recreating voices. They are used in all kinds of Hollywood productions. Uh, and okay. uh, Lucas uses the Lucasfilm and um, Disney obviously use them a lot. They're the ones that took Luke Skywalker's young voice modeled with Mark Hamill and created the voice of young Luke Skywalker for oh, the latest season okay. of The Mandalorian. So they're everywhere already. They're doing this work. And their latest, they're a Ukrainian-based company. And their latest pitch is actually really interesting. And this is the, so I'm I'm all up in arms about all this stuff, about, right. oh my God, they're coming for me. And then I see this, this pitch. Okay. Famous people mm. recording videos in support of Ukraine. Right. So this is their their PR pitch, a Ukrainian company. They're saying, hey, if you're a famous person, turn on your camera, record a video of you and okay. you are saying a, a message of peace to the people of Ukraine. Stand up okay. for support for Ukraine. And in the middle of the video, it switches from the actor speaking to the actor speaking in Ukrainian. Uh, you get it. They take the actor's own voice and remodel it in a different language so that that actor is now speaking mm. Ukrainian. No. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I was impacted by that. Like, I was watching some of these sample videos, and I found myself really moved. It yeah. is a different sense, and I didn't like that about myself. I didn't like that I found myself even a little bit uh, tugged at the old heartstrings. I, yeah, I mean, my gut is if I saw it, I might feel differently. I may have had a more of a knee jerk reaction, but my gut is learn Ukrainian. If you're if, no, I'm not joking. Like if you're like get a get a phonetic uh, translation of yeah. the few sentences that you're saying, yeah. just because authenticity. Yeah, you're, aren't you stripping it of all of its authenticity if you're changing the actual words coming out of your mouth? But aren't you? Chris yeah. Tucker. And how can how can a person who isn't actually doing the speaking be sure that what is being translated is actually being spoken? Right. Like. Right. That's another the, reason uh, to learn Ukrainian. <laughs> that Ukrainian might be saying, you know, I'm a boanthropic and I like to eat right. grass. Right. Like, who knows? <laughs> so I, I know. But you get what I'm saying, though. Like, that is the. That is the part that drove me crazy about my experience watching it. Because that that's I such was, a positive My head idea. was blowing up that this right. shouldn't be happening right now. And yet it is. Uh, and it's, and I'm moved by it. I don't, I didn't like that about myself. Do you know who, <laughs> I'm trying to make some sort of thought about that the celebrities that did that imagine video, the John Lennon, all rich celebrities singing, would blame yeah. it on AI. <laughs> They'd be that, like, that, is wasn't a, us. that is a big question that I have for you because we have this going both ways. Like I said, I I have somebody created a deep fake of me and I'm coming out in the present saying that's a deep fake. Don't trust that. Right. On the other side, saying something really stupid and then coming back and saying that was a deep fake. Like, even though you right. said it for real, because we've shaken the foundation of trust in what yes. can be communicated, we can go both ways. And that, that's the Roger that Stone just, of it all. Exactly. That's right. the Roger Stone of it all. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. So I, you know, I think the the third piece, right, yep. is now that this exists and I'm looking at the Facebook, like, or the meta AI research, and I'm looking at, you know, meta and Instagram, and then I look at the competition with TikTok and there is some part of me that sees these companies and wonders if they don't just wish they didn't have to worry about the creator economy. Like, wouldn't it be great if they yeah. could just take what people are watching and create 
10 bazillion meme videos right. and not have to have to monetize any of them at all because they're all literal just house. content. Just it's a content, content. farm, yep. right? Yes. That's all they do is create con- and that's that is a thing that I think scares me the most. So am I yes. a, am I worried that that podcasting is going to go away as a business? Yeah, I'm not I guess not really. I I feel like there's always going to be room for uh you know people like us to be human beings. I, I but I, I don't like the fact that we'll probably be competing with you know with Jesus talking cow- to God. Jesus talking to <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> what are you listening to this week? Oh Pete and Tom. How about you? The son of our Lord. (laughs) That's a tough one. Steve Jobs and John Lennon's dog are actually talking to one another on the right. state of the universe. I, Who's I don't on Smartless yeah. this week. Christ. <laughs> Special guest Christ. Oh Live God. from Egypt, Tutankhamun has returned yeah. from to, the ages. To what? WTS. <laughs> no, WTF. He'd go on Mark Maron. Let's He'd be go honest. on Mark Maron. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what the, what the biggest. <laughs> The biggest problem with all of this, Tom, that only just occurred to me is that we're asking people to become Panic Bells for $35 a season. But for $30 a month, you could subscribe and recreate Pete and Tom yourself using ultra-realistic voices. Oh, no! And you can make us say whatever the hell you want. And save five bucks so for a much- coffee. Save five bucks. And I said so many horrible things at that wedding, Pete. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think we nailed this one. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is Midnight Hour by Raw. Coming up next week. Well, I I think more people need to repudiate Dasani, for one. Okay, so we take down no Dasani. No way that takes it first. Step one, fight aliens. Okay. Stop Dasani's one. influence. <laughs> no more Dasani. Number two, elective probing. Yeah. We just get all. <laughs> got to be elective. That's important. Yeah, we, we really lean into it. <laughs> <laughs> one way that your mind can maybe synthesize that is, oh, no, it's a punch fight. <laughs> They're going to hit you with a great big punch and then good luck. Good day for science. And, uh, you know, as it is with every day, if you're depressed, uh, yet another lousy day for depression. (laughs) You know who also it's a good day for? Textbook publishers. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Cha-ching! Rewrites! (laughs) Until then, I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. Thank you so much for downloading. We'll be back next week. On what's that smell? <laughs> oh, that's good.